Welcome to Literary Anything, our City of Marion Library's podcast where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Jane. I'm Paula. Hi. And it's June. Yay. Hi. Halfway through the year already. Wow. When you put it like that. I know. Oh. Revolting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us again and listening in. Um, and as usual, we thought we'd start off with upcoming a couple of upcoming events that we've got. Yeah, sure, sure. Now, we realise that if you're listening to this, you already know how to listen to a podcast. Yes. But you may know somebody who you would like to recommend this podcast or who you think might be interested in listening. Please do that. Um, we've got a session called Get Started with Listening to Podcasts on the 12th of June, which is a Wednesday in the morning at our Park Home Library branch. Um, one of our staff, Ben, is running that session and he will teach people how to get started with podcasts. So yes. it should be a great session. I know. I have relatives who they're like, what is it that you're doing again at the library? Mm. And mm. I have to keep explaining. People who I feel like would love listening yeah. to podcasts if they only yeah. knew how many there are out there and how there's oh. pretty much something for everyone. There and every, really is. There every really, interest. really is. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who loves listening to talkback radio or just radio in general. Definitely. Podcast fan in the yes. making. We know you are already podcast fans because you're already <laughs> here. But yeah, spread the word. <laughs> and then another um, event we have coming up is with Trish Mori um, on Tuesday, the 18th of June. Um, she's an essay romance author and she's the two-time Romantic Book of the Year winner. So she's obviously good at what she does. Um, and she's got a new book coming out called The Trouble with Choices. Um, so come along and um, hear Trish talk about sisters and secrets, families and all their foibles and how the wrong choices can still lead us to the right places. So that's again on the 18th of June, 10.30 to 11.30 in the morning at the Cove Civic Centre. It'll be lots of fun. I think that'll be really popular. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it already is. Yes. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. So, so yeah, don't wait because um, you, you, you might, might miss get out. out. Yeah. 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 Uh, we are excited because we've got a new podcast set up today. So we do. Yeah. If we sound... Even better. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> than we normally do. That's why. <laughs> it is. It is exciting. So, yeah, we sound super professional. Profesh, yep. That's us. So, today's book is Stranger Country by Monica Tan. Do yes. you want to do your thing I and read the back? Okay, sure. I'll... I'll jump in and read it, shall I? Sure. What happens when a 32-year-old first-generation Australian woman decides to chuck in a dream job, pack a sleeping bag and tent, and hit the long, dusty road for six months? 30,000 kilometres later, Monica Tan has the answer, and it completely surprises her. So, so this is non-fiction, obviously. That's right. Um, and I realised it was kind of... Um, it, it worked out really well, this choice, because, as you know, this was... Um, not the book that we had scheduled for this month, but this month, um, it being um, Reconciliation Week, yes. Yes. I think this was a really good choice. Yeah, it worked out really it well. It worked out really well. Yeah, yeah. fortuitous. Um, mm. So Monica Tan is a journalist. Yes, she worked for The Guardian. For The Guardian. Um, she is a teacher at, or she teaches at the Australian, teaches Australian Studies at Western Sydney University. Uh, she is the co-host of the podcast Token, which I haven't oh, heard. Oh, I didn't you? know. No, I didn't know that bit. Uh, I only worked that out right at the end because she says it at the end of the book. Oh, how um, did I miss that? And this is her first book um, and it was published by Alan and Unwood and it came out in March. So, it's yep. quite so new. Really new. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so it talks about her journey in 2016. She took this trip. Um, yeah, so let's dig in. Yeah, I feel like first up, I just would like to give everyone a proviso that in case you couldn't tell from my accent, I'm Canadian. And so I apologize in <laughs> advance if I mispronounce anything or I feel like this is could be a, a political book. Yes. Um, and yeah. if I say something unintentionally controversial or really naive... I'm sorry. Blame it on the fact that you're Canadian. <laughs> that I'm Canadian. Yes. And I'm, I don't know anything. And please <laughs> tell me if I say anything wrong. Because I was talking to my partner about bits of this book and he was just laughing at the way I pronounced. He's yeah. just like, oh, Paula, come on, it's this. Yeah. I can't remember the example now, but yeah. <laughs> I say place names wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she spent six months camping and traveling across Australia, mostly central and northern Australia. There's yes. a little map at the beginning of the book which is quite helpful, um, particularly, I don't know if you knew all of these places before no, you read fact, the book. No, in fact, I was routinely going on Google Maps mm. to see where she was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right up the top um, through the top of Western Australia and across the top of um, Northern Territory yeah. and yeah. across the top of Queensland and back down the coast again. So yeah. um, tell me what you thought. I... I love the premise of this book. Mm -hmm. um, I am embarrassingly ignorant of a lot about Australia, particularly Australian Indigenous culture and mm -hmm. history. I'm not good on history generally, like yeah. world history. Yeah. So um, this was a really good read. It was probably, I would even say, a necessary read for me yeah. as um, somebody who's recently, well, fairly recently become a citizen. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was, yeah, important to read for yeah. me. Yeah, I Agree. And I, I was just talking, I was just coming back from a meeting, just talking about this book with some colleagues. And I was just saying that it was a a great read because it taught me a lot as well. And it introduced me to a lot of um, Indigenous culture and language and um, beliefs that um, I didn't know about, of course, because if you don't know, Australia is made up of hundreds of different um, Aboriginal countries. Yes. Um, so a lot of these aren't local to us. So I don't know anything about, you know, the countries in the top northern part of right. um, Australia. So it was great to learn about some of those sorts of things. Um, and it was great. I liked it because it was written by a young person and it reads like a travel kind of travel log, yes. I guess, yep. slash memoir slash historical text almost. Yes. Um, and I really liked the blend of those three styles of yeah. book. Yeah. I love travel literature. So right, this was a really that. great um, way to sort of dip your toe into understanding our past and our history. Yeah, very much so. Without I, it being I totally a textbook. Agree. That's right. It was dry. It was not yeah. dry, no. no. Um, and yeah, I agree. And I also... I related to a lot of what she said, being female, mm. being um, Asian, yeah. um, because I'm part Asian. Um, and she says in the intro um, this about often not feeling like a real Australian, yeah. Yeah. quote unquote real Australian. Yeah. And, you know, being a new Australian, I don't mm. even know, but I definitely related to that feeling. Yeah. 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 And I think that even those of us who were born in the country, like myself, I think identified with those same feelings as well. Right. Like how do we fit into this country that, you know, was colonised and, you know, my very, very distant ancestral history is um, British. Right. 
um, albeit hundreds of years ago, but you know, how do I fit into this? Yeah, this country. How yeah, do definitely I fit into the culture of the country. I want to talk about exactly that a little bit later mm. on. Um, sure, w- but um, but yeah, I related it, to all of yeah, that. Yeah, it was almost. It was when I say it's almost. It's a memoir as well. It was a bit of a. a read almost like a journal of self-discovery for yes. Monica as well, I felt like. Yes. Yeah, yeah. would you agree? Yeah, I would or definitely. Not? No, I would definitely <laughs> agree with that. Um, I just thought it was so crazy, brave, exciting, daunting, ambitious mm. of her to take this on. And yeah. she talks, she acknowledges the tenuous and delicate nature of writing this book. Um, yeah. Because um, as she says, quote, history has left race relations in a delicate state. And yeah. It's it's um, a te- yeah it is, that's a really good apt desc- apt description I guess that it is you know it's it's awkward yes and know? she acknowledges that she's not like really pompous and just going in there saying I'm gonna do this and look at me no not this white savior complex yeah exactly almost. yeah 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 um, I really liked how much she talked about. Um, the sacred sites. She uses a lot of Aboriginal language yes. and words throughout the entire book. Yep. Um, so it did, we both, and we didn't say this at the beginning, but it took us ages to read this book. It did. <laughs> it's funny because I usually read the book quite early on and I purposely decided I didn't want to do that mm. this time because sometimes I feel like it's not that fresh in my head. Mm. And so I left it later and then Jane and I were both kind of scrambling to yeah, finish to it finish. at the end. But And we kind of talked about the fact that we didn't know why because it's not it's not hard to read no No. and it's not that it's not a good book because it was really really interesting Mm. I found uh, so many things um that I thought were um I would read it and think wow I didn't know that Mm. like the, the largest population of wild camels in the world um are in the outback because of the Afghan cameleers in the 1860s I didn't even know that the gone is that how you say it? The gone train? You know that train? Oh, the GAN. Oh, it's the GAN. Yeah. See? There I go. Oh, I knew I was going to do it. <laughs> I did apologize in advance. <laughs> but I didn't know that that's why it was called that. I didn't know that either. Okay. And I don't maybe feel it so should bad. be because it was, what, after Afghanistan? Yeah. So th- maybe it that's should right. be the GAN. Right. Maybe that's you know, why I thought that. But we changed that. it to the Australian. GAN. Australian. <laughs> and call it GAN. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that and then like just really interesting facts like there was this new species of fish in the Kimberley that's named after Tim Winton. Yes. I loved that little The Kimberleys sound like the most phenomenal place. Oh my gosh. Through this whole book I kept saying to my partner, I wanna go there, I wanna go there, I wanna go there. Uh, while you now that you mention it, I will say I have a um, healthy respect and fear I guess you have talked the, about your yeah. outback fear and I of the outback yeah in the same way that I fear the open ocean it's this unknown it seems scary and dangerous you can die yeah you know as an Aussie you're constantly hearing about you know tourists that trek through in their Yaris through the Kimberleys and then they die because <laughs> they think everything's close together and all of that they sort of don't realize yeah but this book yeah, I said to my husband as well, I said, I think I'm ready. I'm ready for the Ooh. outback. I'm ready to experience it and be out there because it That's sounds exciting. so rich with so much history and life. Yeah. Really. And amazing things to see. Yeah. And it's, it almost feels like a sense of um, obligation that we should all have some experience of our 
yeah. country rather than just sticking to the urban centres around the coastline. I think that that was maybe one of the most important um, things that I got out of this mm. book was the fact that, you know, the indigenous population was has been in this country for 40 to 60,000 years, yeah, which is so really long. hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, d- don't we have an obligation? Well, it's something to be proud of and excited about mm. and interested in, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Really and I think it's funny that you say that about having that um, fear because I feel like because I have this kind of naive Canadian like, mm. oh, Australia is just the most wonderful, fantastic <laughs> place. And I go in the ocean and I go out too deep and my partner has to say it to me, come yeah. back. Yeah, there's sharks out there. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know I want to <laughs> go to the, you know, all these places. I know there are crocs out there, but it just seems like, oh. I wouldn't <laughs> even put a toe in a natural body of water. Anywhere north of, I don't know, the Flinders Ranges? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we went to Port <laughs> Douglas last year and the beach was very pretty, but we did not. So that's where they've got the box jellyfish. Yeah, they've jellyfish got the box jellyfish. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Just look at it. Yeah. Pretty to look at, don't touch. That's why the beaches <laughs> down here are so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was well written. I thought it was really easy to read. There's a couple of bits that were probably mm, a little over overly descriptive okay maybe just a couple of bits but that might be because I know about some of this stuff maybe oh okay you might not have felt like that because you know it's all new to me maybe some of it's new to you I thought it was really also um very well researched very yeah Yeah, she gives lots of background and facts about Mm. um you know so much to do with the the, not just the indigenous culture, but even you know nature and yeah, all the different animals and the birds yeah. and the on the birds. My partner is a bird watcher as well, and is she he? T- she talks about how um, it's a bit addictive and how like you start collecting them like Pokemon, like and he is exactly <laughs> like that. He writes them all down in his little oh, book that's and so where sweet. he saw. It. I know. Is he happy with everyone knowing about that? Um, I don't know. He, he, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so he'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I thought she had some great reflections um, by the end of the book. She went in there, um, how do I describe this? Her Chinese heritage is a big part of the book as well and that's threaded through um, all the chapters really and she she knows that there's a rich or a long history, I guess, of um, Chinese people coming to Australia during the gold rush years and even earlier than that. Yeah, that was something else I didn't know. So that yeah, was really so she, interesting. She talks a lot about that and um, wants to get a sense of what her ancestral history has, you know, how it intertwines, I guess, with our history here. And with the Aboriginal That's right. community as well. So she went into that and she talks about this at the end, of, um, hoping to sort of wash her hands, I guess, is probably too strong a term, but sort of um, wash away some of the potential guilt of colonist Australia and the country being colonised and all of that sort of stuff. But when in actual fact she found that, I guess, anyone who's not Indigenous Australian really has a part to play from a historical perspective in um, what has happened to our country from an Indigenous perspective. Yeah. Does that yeah. sound accurate? I mean, I, I really liked that she reflected on that because some of it at the beginning felt a bit, um, oh, I'm Chinese-Australian so I don't have a part in right. the history. That that 
horrible history that we have in this country. Um, but at the end, she sort of reflected and understood that actually we all Everyone, do. Everyone, yeah. 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 yeah um, and speaking of um, um, the Chinese, or the, she calls them the ABCs, the yeah. Australian-born Chinese yeah. um, community that she went into. And I really related to this part. I'm going to read this part, if that's okay. Mm, of course. Um, well, actually, first I'll say it's um, she met a man named Eddie Atoy, who I think was like fourth generation. Mm. Um, oh, sorry, I just dropped my pen. Um, fourth <laughs> generation <laughs> Australian Chinese. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and she's talking about culture um, and about um how he identifies, whether he feels Chinese or whether he feels mm. um, Australian. And it's just, as I was reading it, it reminded me of something that I actually wrote when I was in Japan. Oh. Um, so, and I was in Japan in 1995. So I went home and I dug out this ancient <laughs> oh um, thing that I wrote when I was there in 95 because it just, um, I, it really reminded me of this bit that um, she How writes How were you in 1995? I was 20. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, also excuse the fact uh, of how naive and... Well, that's why I wanted <laughs> to ask said, because, yeah. you know, it, yeah. Did you yeah, write this so last week or... Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. This is, yeah. yeah. So, this keep is that young, in mind. young Paula. This is, yeah. Um, but I was um, there in Japan on this Japan exchange and teaching program and I was in the classroom and the Japanese um, students were asking me about my um, my background and I explained that my father's Scottish and my mom is Japanese and then they said, well, you're not Canadian then. So that caused oh. me to reflect on, you know, what am I? Uh, yeah. Mm. So I um, this is just part of what I wrote. I hope you'll indulge me in. Of course. Yep. <clears throat> Um, So I wrote, recently my father came to visit me here in Japan. The day he was leaving to go home, we took the train together to Kansai Airport. On the way, we got on this topic of cultural identity, and he began to talk about his home country, Scotland. He said to me, your papa, oh, sorry, I'm going to do a bad Scottish accent here. (laughs) Your papa used to say that in Scotland, you can put your hondoon in any river and take a drink. I sat there on the train with my father, whom I had never seen cry once in my life, and watched a tear come to his eye as he told me of his latest visit to Scotland. I tried to imagine him as he said he was, knelt down on the grassy banks of the misty valley of Glencoe, with his hand in the river, thinking of his father and of Scotland and of being Scottish. I looked out the window of the train over blue-tiled roofs nestled among expanding mountains and wondered if I would ever have emotions like that about anywhere in the world. But the truth is clear. I am not Japanese. I can't even speak the language. I'm not Scottish. I couldn't point Edinburgh out to you on a map. I'm Canadian. So, um, and the the part in Monica's book that reminded me of that was um, on page 214 when she's talking about this Eddie mm. Atoy. And she says, like for Eddie, for many of us non-Indigenous Australians are ancestral village, whether in Ireland, China, Vanuatu, or Germany, has faded from descendant memory. We cannot sing its songs. We cannot cook its foods. If you were to show us a photo of its waters or hills, we'd hold it in our fingers as a light-winged curiosity fluttered across our faces, but no great yearning would surge in our hearts. So I thought that was You're not going to believe this, but look, I'm opening my book to the same page because I highlighted the same... The same passage. Exact passage. Oh, wow. Because that really spoke to me as yeah. well. Even though I'm, you know, I was born here and, 
you know, I really – and I even read this page out to my husband. I don't know if he listened or not, but <laughs> I read it out to him and that's said, doesn't amazing. that make you feel something? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so funny. That's so amazing. Yeah. I like the parallels you've drawn between your own writing. That's really Thanks. nice. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, I just – I couldn't um, kind of go past that one just because I thought mm. it was so similar. Yeah. Yeah. That I really loved that page that she um, – yeah, that – that piece of writing was really, was really something. Good. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, she was very brave on this trip. She was. She camped, literally camped. I'm not saying on a campsite with an ensuite separate toilet, like dig a hole in the ground type camping yep. in the middle of actual nowhere, around nothing, all by herself. By herself, yep. Um, in an actual tent, the whole bit, fishing for her own food all yep. of that stuff so it's proper <laughs> yeah proper traveling she wasn't by herself the entire time no she wasn't <laughs> are we going to talk about samuel there was a romantic interlude wasn't there yeah in where was that was she in kakadu or um, oh, i can't even or remember nullin boy i think it was right up the top right yeah 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 she encounters this um caucasian australian mm-hmm. um Apparently Bloke. super hot yeah. dude. And yeah. um, it just completely falls from straight away, right? She's so much. So into him. Yeah, yeah, so into him. And it was slightly cringy <laughs> a little bit. Was it? <laughs> oh, I thought, yeah, I don't know. I was like, Monica, keep you cool a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was a romantic interlude and... I even liked that story because she found that they were quite different. Yes. She was, you know, and she says this herself, you know, left, lefty, hippie, you know, Sydney, green, green yeah. voting yeah. Um, gal. And he was a liberal voting, anti-immigration. Tony Abbott. Tony, Tony Abbott fan. Yeah. Um, bloke yeah but i thought okay i just have to tell you yeah, go on maybe if monica ever listens to this she won't like what i'm about to say <laughs> but i just there was one point where um she really makes him seem like a big petulant yeah, baby yes and i was thinking i'm not sure about her choice here to sort yes. of immortalize this person forever in her book as being a real man baby like yeah because just he i mean she caught the fish this is what happened he was teaching her to fish. She caught a barra. And the whole time he was teaching her, he was like, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You're the worst fishing person ever. <laughs> Didn't you watch what I did? Yeah. <laughs> and then he snagged his fishing line two times in a row and then was a real sook about and it. And didn't catch anything. And didn't catch fish. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't know if it went down exactly the way she described, but even if it did, mm. I was like, why is she doing this to him? And then... I was just right before I read it, I thought, oh, I know why. And then he leaves her mm. um, and says, oh, I'm meeting a friend of mine. And um, yeah. yeah, something might happen with her. <laughs> yeah. But then at the, I, was, I took a bit of a different view of that because I was like, why? Because she still gave him, he acted like a baby about this fish, assuming this is all true and correct, mm. this story. Acted like a baby about the fish. And then she still gave him her number when he left. Yep. Even after saying I'm going to go hook up with this chick. Right. In Catherine or whatever it was going to be, wherever they were going. And then they still met up 
when they got to Nullumboy. And she totally was making fun of the food that he ordered and what he was eating. Yeah. And then they had this big, um, really quite tense conversation mm. where they realized exactly what Jane just said, that she's yeah. a greenie lefty and he's a Tony Abbott voting yeah. um, stop the boat, dude. Yeah. And then... Don't you think at the end, the way she left it, because mm. he kind of makes this snide joke that yeah. I can't really, probably shouldn't repeat on the podcast. Yeah. And yeah. then she smiles. And I definitely got the impression that they, she still yes. went home with him. Yes, totally. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. It didn't make a lot of sense. But, you know. I guess, what you know, to each their own. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe opposites do attract. Yeah. I don't know. It there was, you go. Yeah, I did like how she reflected on him though because I think she did and she did talk in that that period that chapter about how she had make, made some assumptions about him when he was stop the boat sky yes. but then made some assumptions about his broader beliefs in life which weren't true about mm. you know marriage equality she assumed that he would be anti marriage equality she assumed that he would be anti environment all of those sorts of things, but he sort of stopped her in the, her tracks a little bit mm. and said, "Well, actually, I don't care who marries who, and I, you know, of course, I want the Great Barrier Reef to thrive and not be destroyed." Mm. Um, so I think it gave her pause for thought about her own assumptions about others, yes, particularly you know, blokey Aussie males, maybe. Yeah, I don't know, but that whole thing, I'm like, don't give him the number <laughs> if he was such a sook about the fish. <laughs> Just I let know. it go. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because Jane and I, as we've talked about, try really hard not to discuss mm, the book before we, we come to the podcast. <laughs> but at that point when she met the guy, I had because I knew Jane was um, really struggling to yeah. get through it. So I texted her and said, oh, guess what? Monica's <laughs> met a dude. <laughs> <laughs> so who should read this? Uh, yes, I said that. Anybody who's interested in culture, mm -hmm. culture, tourism, outback travel, birds, yeah. history. Yeah. I think so many people should read this. I think so too. I thought it was really great. And I yeah. think um, it's a great Aussie piece of nonfiction. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Really I learned good. I learned a lot and yeah. I found it just, yeah, really interesting. If it can make me feel like I would like to travel and holiday in the outback then then look wow it's done yeah. its job <laughs> <laughs> i won't camp obviously but oh what do you mean no <sighs> it's so good i love camping <laughs> <laughs> so that's stranger country yes um we'll have we've already got copies in the system yes um so jump online or pop into one of your branches and reserve it definitely now what shall we why don't you tell us now? what you read this okay. month I've only Ooh. read one other book this month because it's an, an enormous one. Have you seen this one around the place? No. It's a huge book, like huge and well, huge in what it covers, but it's also physically, I think it's like over 700 pages. Oh it's called A Little Life by Hanya Yanigahara. And it's won some awards. I meant to look up what awards it's won, and I didn't. So anyway, you can Google it, though. Um, she's mm. We'll put it on the Facebook page. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, she's uh, she's youngish, like in her 40s, um, Japanese-American woman. I think she's also part Korean, um, who wrote this book. Um, and it's sort of an epic saga of these four um, initially boys and eventually men uh, growing up um, 
I'll, I'll just read a little blurb. When four classmates from a small Massachusetts college moved to New York to make their way, they're broke, adrift, and buoyed only by their friendship with friendship and ambition. Um, and then it goes on to describe all the different characters. But it is not for the faint of heart. It's oh. not a book for you to read, Jane, <laughs> because it really, it's probably. Um, some of the worst abuse oh of a gosh. person I've ever read. And I was talking to my partner about it and he was like, why are you even mm. reading that? It's horrible. But you love she, that stuff. I, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it's that she just does this amazing job of creating, fleshing out these characters who are so real. Mm. They're just all so real. Um, and I listened to the audio book, which is on three MP3s. So that gives That's you an big. idea of yeah. how big it is. It's, it says it's, 30 almost 33 hours of listening wow so i've been listening to this book for a very long time to and from work and this morning and you don't live that far from work no that's right <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> this morning i was the first morning that i didn't have it to listen to and i felt like i had lost one of my friends you Aww. know like it just it that's really a good sign if you, yeah that you enjoyed a book that's or right you felt something from I it d- oh, i definitely felt something it's it's one of those books it's hard to say you enjoyed because it is so tragic, um, mm. but um, one of our colleagues has read it, Suman, has oh, read yeah. it, and so every day I'd come in and say to Suman, oh, this has happened, and then now this has happened. What did she think of it? She liked it too, mm. yeah. Suman's very well read. Yes, she is, yeah. Well, that sounds so like a real you, joy yeah. to read. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> but if you like, you know, characters, like really well fleshed mm. out characters and um, getting involved and feeling and yeah it's one of those ones that I imagine you think about all the time yes, while you're reading it's, it it stays with this is one of the ones that yeah. stays with you after you're done yeah mm. so that's my I'll not put that on my list no do not <laughs> you would not cope <laughs> such a sensitive soul <laughs> um I read a book of short stories by Jeffrey Eugenides called Fresh Complaint now this is recent as a is a recent um, release, but the stories within it are probably written over the last two or three decades. Oh, okay. Um, so Jeffrey Eugenides, he wrote uh, Middlesex, which won the 2002 Pulitzer Prize, and The Virgin Suicides, two of my favourite books. Right, yeah. Read I've read well. both of them yeah. as well, yeah. Um, so, yeah, full of short stories. Um, I found the stories compelling. They captured me within the first few sentences. Generally... Um, I really like short stories or books with little short story chapters. Um, if you like um, someone like David Sedaris, oh yeah, um, this might be your thing. And uh, were these um, stories that have been published elsewhere before, and then he's collated them into? I don't know. I think some of them have been published in. Um, newspapers or magazines Magazines. and things like that but I don't think all of them had been um the writing's really fluid and dreamy like all of his writing is Mm. um he conveys so much so quickly within these short stories which is a real skill I think short story writing is and I'm not a writer and you are so you know correct me if I'm wrong but um writing short stories is a real talent because you have to capture and convey so much so quickly yeah I would within, agree with that you know 20 pages or 10 pages or whatever um and he does that really well um generally the stories are sort of mundane snapshots of people's lives I guess um 
or a bit of a look into, you know, the crisis point in somebody's or a character's life. So that's, you know, the vibe of the book. I wouldn't say it's miserable, but it's it's that mundane American slightly miserable <laughs> stories which I just love. Right. <laughs> I love those sad I Americans. I love those those <laughs> sorts of just urban contemporary mundane lives. Yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, realistic, identifiable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd read this again in a few years. I read – I have almost all of David Sedaris's books at home and I often reread a lot of them and I would put this in that category that I'll probably pick this up in a couple of re- years and reread the whole thing again. Right, and see how your attitude towards it changes. No, just because I liked it, liked it. Oh, that's read it awesome. again. That's awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, because it's not um, – you know, if you ask me to describe – an entire one of the short stories I probably couldn't but it was they haven't stuck with me in the same way that your book has stuck with you but okay I guess that's the nature of short, short stories, stories yeah it? you know it's a fleeting glimpse into a character's life yeah and then you're on to the next character yeah. so it's um it's good for when um you don't have a lot of time as well isn't yeah. it to just oh it was um, super quick to read this book cool it was great so that's what I read and you know we both only read two things this month which is a bit of a an achievement, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Anyway. Now, what else have we got? You are going to talk about what's coming. Sure. This is one of my favourite bits. So, I've got a little pile here. Uh, the first one is called Girl in the Review Mirror. Uh, this is a Pan Macmillan book. It's coming out on the 25th of June by Kelsey Ray Dimberg. Um, it sounds like a bit of a mystery. I would suggest people who like Jane Harper might like this book. Right, people and who I like books that s- with titles that start with girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Girl, what is it? Oh, no, it's woman in the window, isn't it? Or oh, girl yeah, on yeah. the train. But girl on the train, girl, on girl train. with the yeah. dragon tattoo. All. Right. So many girl books just <laughs> recently. Um I'll just read the very brief little intro thing that the publisher puts out. A twisty, page-turning debut thriller from Kelsey Ray Dimberg. Girl in the Rearview Mirror is a story about privilege and power, family and obligation, ambition and complicity, and the pull of the past on the present. Perfect for fans of Jane Harper. Oh, there you, there go. you go. You were there right. You I like the cover. Yeah. It's of you know somebody standing, somebody looking in a rearview mirror. And somebody standing there. I'm not doing a good job of describing it, but it's I think compelling. It's the, the girl. It's literally a picture of, of the girl, the in, girl the in the rearview mirror. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> now this one's nonfiction. This is called Lunchbox Express. This will probably bore you to tears, Paula. But <laughs> I follow this guy on Instagram. His name is George, and I'm hoping I'm pronounce his last name correctly. George Georgievsky. Would you say? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got a little Instagram post. He's got tens of thousands of followers and it's literally him making stuff for lunchboxes. Right. And it's really easy, quick, not too fancy stuff. So he's got a book out called Lunchbox Express. And is it like pictures of I think so. Of lunches. I think so. This is another Pan Mac book. This comes out also on the 25th of June. Um, and it says... 70 low sugar package free lunchbox ideas, step by step visuals. So it's kind of like a cookbook for lunchbox. I mean, I guess. that's that's brilliant. What mum or dad is not, yeah. um, yeah, struggling to think of cool stuff that they'll eat. Yep. So I, yeah, 
he's all over social media. He's um, starting to do promo on TV. So you might see him on shows like Today Show and things like that. So keep your eye out for that if you are desperate for ideas. Good one. Which, you know, lots of us are. We are, yep. Elizabeth Gilbert. Right, Eat, Pray, Love. Yes, has got a new book out. Now, I haven't read Eat, Pray, Love and I probably never will. I assume, have you read it? I've read it. And? Have we talked about it before? I don't think so. It's one of those divisive books it that is, people love or think is the lamest thing ever. Yeah, I I was very conflicted about it. I mm. I read it and then I, I think because of where I was at the time, which was a mom with young kids mm. feeling a bit trapped and stuck at home. Yeah. And here's this woman gallivanting around the world by herself and with all her, first, well, I guess yeah. they're not first world problems because she was in different places, yeah. but... Yeah, it, with her it, privilege, traveling her privilege, with her privilege. Yeah, the privilege, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it really annoyed me. Yeah, mm. I hear that a lot. Anyway. But her, she's got a podcast and it's brilliant. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's good to know. Um, so her book is um, called City of Girls. Um, this is an Alan and Unwin book and I can never find the exact date that Alan and Unwin books will come out, but it is sometime in June. It right. just says June. So I thought I'd very quickly read this just top bit here about what the book's about. Sounds completely different to Eat, Pray, Love, so it might be worth trying. Yep. Summer 1940, 19-year-old Vivian Morris arrives in New York with her suitcase and sewing machine, exiled by her despairing parents. She soon finds gainful employment as the self-appointed seamstress at the Lily Playhouse, her unconventional Aunt Peg's charmingly disrupt disreputable Manhattan Review Theatre. There, Vivian quickly becomes the toast of the showgirls, transforming the trash and tinsel only fit for the cheap seats into creations for goddesses. Mm. Well, I mean, Eat, Pray, Love was non-fiction and this is obviously fiction. fiction, Yeah, the cover's pretty. It is. So, fans of that, give Mm. it a try. Yeah. Or sounds like historical fiction, so you might be into it. Um, This is a non-fiction book. This is another Alan and Unwin one, so it comes out sometime in June. It's called Little One. By and you're gonna have to help me with this last name, Peter Papathanasiu. You're getting all the hard last oh, really? names this time. Yeah, it's a Greek last name. Anyway, Peter's parents emigrated from Greece to Australia in 1956, but were unable to have children. A huge sorrow and shame for them amongst Australia's Greek community. In 1973, Peter's mother, mother's brother, and sister-in-law in Greece offered to have another baby and give it to her to bring up as her own in Australia. Peter was that baby. This is where the story begins with Peter's mother sitting him down to tell him about his birth and the sacrifice that lay behind it. What follows is a wonderful, moving and compelling memoir as Peter traces his parents' journey to Australia, their struggle as migrants and the very different world that they came from, a world where the bond of family is so strong, a husband and wife are prepared to do something extraordinarily extraordinary for their sibling. Wow. Sounds quite emotional, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, sounds fascinating. So that's um, a memoir that comes out this month as well. And then this one. This one. Tell me. Oh, <laughs> I, you I, might have seen this on the news. No, because you know me, I don't watch the news. <laughs> this was all over my Instagram and my news feeds on, on the internet. Moby has got a the second part to his memoir. I didn't even know that he had a first part. I was part. just going to say that. Apparently this is the second part. So he, um, I think this talks about his time through the 90s. You know, Moby, the artist, like the musical artist. Musician, yep. So his book's called Then It Fell Apart. 
this is um, another Alan and Alan book. I think it's already out just because I've I read some reviews of it and they weren't advanced copies. They were like pe- normal people yep. reading it. So the reason I picked this one was because it's been in the news a little bit. He talks about a encounter he had with Natalie Portman and how he would have been – I can't even remember how old he was at the time. He's 53 now so he would have been in his – 30s, I guess. Is that – Jean's got a picture. Yes, this is her here at the time. Uh, okay. So in his memoir he talks about a relationship that he had with her and how he kind of was dating her a little bit. He right. was much older in his 30s. Oh, she was how like, old would she have been? She was like 18 or 19 or okay. something. So that was a big section of his book and then she came out and put this statement out. This is by Natalie Portman. I was surprised to hear that he characterised the very short time that I knew him as dating because my recollection is a much older man being creepy with me when I had just graduated high school. Wow. That's what she said in an interview with Harper's Bazaar. Oh, no. And it goes on. That he used this story to sell his book is very disturbing to me. It wasn't the case. There are many factual errors and and inventions. I would have liked him or his publisher to reach out to fact check. Yeah, well, fact checking in memoirs is... Fairly key. Yeah, key. And I mean, I thought we'd all learn that back when Oprah laid into James Fry. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's right. What was that, A Million Little Pieces? A Million Little Pieces, yeah. So he has since cancelled all of his upcoming public appearances oh, wow. for the foreseeable future. Wow. His book tour is off. He's um, released an apology. Um, he said, I'll read, you know, in the interest of fairness. Yep. This is his apology. But before I do, I want to apologise again and to say clearly that all of this has been my own fault. I'm the one who released the book without showing it to the people I wrote about. I'm the one who posted defensively and arrogantly. I am the one who behaved inconsiderably and disrespectfully both in 2019 and in 1999. Wow. So it so sounds like he was initially trying to defend himself? On I think so, yeah. And so he said he – on his Instagram page he says he's going away for a while. Wow. So he has cancelled all of his book tour appearances. Right. Well, they say no publicity is bad publicity. It's true. People Maybe are going to be checking out his book now. I say so. Mm. so. And we're contributing to that. <laughs> I was going to say we'll have a copy of his book in the yeah. catalogue soon. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's all that I've picked out to come out this month. Excellent. Well, um, I just wanted to um, – oh, well, we've got to talk about our yes. next book. Do you I'm excited about this you do. one. Here it is. It's called Certain American States by Catherine Lacey. Yay. Do you want to – oh, there's no – Is there no blurb about it? Do you want me to read it? Or yeah, do you, you want to read, read it? it. Yep. Certain states are hard to shake, or so Catherine Lacey's characters find in these 12 tales of breakups, grief and strained family ties. And I won't read them all because it talks a little bit about each story here. So oh, okay. that's the blurb. Right. Sounds we were just talking about short stories and how they're so good to – yeah. Just kind of have a little bit yeah. to read. I'm excited about this one because it also looks like a miserable American urban <laughs> Just book. what you like. <laughs> and My you favorite. chose this one. I did. And not it's surprising. Got, it's got that real modernist um, kind of a cover too. Yeah. I may have chose it because I like the cover. <laughs> so You do judge a book by its I cover. I do. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cool. Well, I just wanted to remind everyone to please subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating, um, and also, again, remind you about our Facebook group, Literary Anything. So um, have a look for that on our Facebook Facebook page. And um, it's a closed group, but just um, a request to join and I will approve you. Yeah. Yep. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jane. See you next month. Okay, see ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.